Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. I am Deacon Al, and we are on the fourth week of Advent. We are just six shopping days, seven shopping days, depending on how good a shopper you are, from Christmas. I hope everyone's ready. Um, my my wife and I have to tell a quick story. This has nothing to do with liturgy. This is just a, Chris, a Christmas story from Deacon Al. So um, my wife and I each year, we, we're not real extravagant spenders when it comes to Christmas. We do, we do more um, charitable donations than we shop for each other. You know, we've been married 40-some years. Um, we've been together a long, long time. And uh, we have one, one son, who uh, Tom and his wife, uh, Kayla, live out in, in Las Vegas. And and we certainly take care of them at Christmas, but we don't do anything for each other. We've got stuff. We don't need more stuff. Nope. But each year we buy one thing for ourselves. And it's not always a big thing. Sometimes it's very small. So uh, we've already given ourselves our, our Christmas gift. It's a, a camera because we're going on a we're going on a little trip. My my wife's about to uh, retire uh, after thirty six years with her company, and she's about to retire. So we're doing a retirement trip. She has one thing on her bucket list. I mean, we are not extravagant people. We only have one thing on on my wife's bucket list. Uh, she wants to see a, a big tree. Doesn't want big jewelry, you know, or anything. She wants to see a sequoia. Yeah. That's it. So um, we're taking the wife and we're going on a trip to uh, Sequoia National Forest as a retirement gift. And we thought, and we're also going to do Yosemite. So we're going to take a while, a few days. We thought if we're going to do that, we want to come back with some nice photos. And we haven't had a good camera in a long time. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So we used to have just the little Instamatics. Remember the little pocket Instamatics? We lived by those. We had disposable ones. We had different colors, you know. And they took great pictures and you got done, you threw them away. So that's what we used when we first got married for a few years. We went through a lot of those. So I was coming up to my first trip to go out east. I'd never been east of, gosh, I had never been past central Indiana. I was born on the Illinois-Indiana state line, raised anyway there, and had never been past central Indiana. I never even got as far as Indianapolis. Oh, wow. And I was about to take a trip out to Pennsylvania with, with scout, Boy Scouts. And I wanted to uh, take a camera with me. So I took an Instamatic. And on the way out there, we stopped in Washington, D.C. On the, on the way to our, our destination. And well, I was so thrilled. I mean, I'm super patriotic. And to be in, in the nation's capital, I was super excited. And we went to the White House. And not in, but just to the White House. And this was before they had all kinds of barriers and stuff. But you are still outside a, a wrought iron fence. So I pulled out my little pocket Instamatic and got it up right up to the fence because I wanted good pictures. And I took like seven, eight pictures of the White House. And these are this is on slide film. So we get back from the trip and I, I, I process my, my slides and we sit down one night to watch them and we get to the White House. 
So on an Instamatic camera, your viewfinder is here and your lens is over here, a couple of inches. So, so my viewfinder, my wife still loves these pictures and she loves to show them to people. Oh, let me show you my husband's photographs of the White House. And what it is, it's seven pictures of a black bar that runs through the center of the photo. And on the edge, on the very edge, you can see this little slice of a white building left and right of the big black bar. And that was it. That's what I had of the White House. And I had no idea when I'd ever be that far east again. Well, it turns out I, I ended up with other opportunities, about four more, five more opportunities to go, to go out east. So now we've got, I've got a trip coming up, and this would have been about 1980, to go west. And I've never been, I had never been west past the Quad Cities. I lived a very sheltered life. I mean, I'm like 26 years old, and I've never been past the Quad Cities. So now I'm I'm going way west. We're we're going out to uh, oh gosh, we went to the Calgary Stampede up in Canada, Mount Rushmore. This is on one trip, Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone, Banff. I mean, we Glacier National Park. This was a just a tremendous trip. Cody, Wyoming, just a really cool trip, and. I thought, I don't want to end up with a bunch of black bars again. I'm taking a good camera. So we invested, and again, early 80s, we invested in a Canon AE-1. This was like the crown jewel of 35 millimeter cameras. And I mean, I had the whole shebang. I had the, the 50 millimeter. I had a 28. I had a 20. I had a, a 30 to a 70, a 70 to 200 zoom. All the different filters. I mean, oh, I just, and I love taking pictures. And uh, so we go out West and we get all these marvelous pictures. Well, we used that camera for a long time because it was, it was just, a, it was a durable, consistently high quality photos. And you could keep it in program and use it kind of a point and shoot, auto, all automatic, or you could fiddle with it. And I love fiddling with technology. So I would try all different settings and all different effects. I love this camera. Then something happened. Our world changed. Technology changed. And now everything was going digital. And I mean, in like the blink of an eye, film, film was a thing of the past. And not just that it wasn't fashionable. You couldn't get it. You couldn't get it. And I have this beautiful, fully functioning Canon AE-1 with all these attachments. And I couldn't get film for it. And if you could get film, good luck finding processing at a decent price. So the Canon AE-1 and all the stuff got packed up and put into the closet. And we had really, except for some very small, inexpensive, almost pocket-sized digitals, point-and-shoots, that's all we've had for years. And I thought, now that we're going out on another big, beautiful, scenic trip, I want a good camera again. Well, here's where technology comes in great. I mean, when they first came out with radar ranges, what we now call microwave ovens, those guys cost like $500. I worked in an appliance store and paid, and my discount paid over $400 for a radar range. And now... I mean, you can get a microwave oven for like 69 bucks, right? Remember VCRs when they first came out with VCRs? Oh my gosh, arm and a leg. 
to buy one of those guys, right? And now next to nothing, and you don't even get VCRs anymore. Now you you get uh, you get hard drives, and you record right to the hard drive. You're not even messing with tapes anymore. Cameras went the same route. Digital cameras, you can get really, really nice digital cameras with all the buttons and the dials. And a fraction, a fraction of what I paid 40 years ago for a Canon AE-1. So for our Christmas, we got ourselves a starter. I mean, a basic DSL, which means for those of you who aren't in photography, you can change the lenses out. So a basic Canon, because I really like Canon. No, the Canon does not sponsor this program, but if they want to, you can reach us here at Catholic Spirit Radio. Um, got another Canon, but it's a starter. Uh, it even tells you right in the directions, this is a beginner's digital camera, but it's got all the buttons and wheels and things. So I can, I can do my, I can play around with it. I can, and you can do night shots and sky shots and uh, you can do uh, bracketing. If you're into photography, you know what bracketing is. It's a very cool, be- you know what bracketing is? So this will take, when, when you set it up, it will take three pictures at once. And it'll take one picture at what it perceives to be the best uh, f-stop, the best lighting. And then it'll go two stops down and two stops up. And it will, so it will bracket. So you'll have this, you'll have this choice of three aperture settings. And if you're shooting like an action shot, like someone running, and you're going click, 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 right? It's doing this rapid. It's taking three shots every time it clicks. And so it gives you these this great things. It'll also do raw files, not just uh, JPEG. So raw file is when it's just giving you the data. Raw files are huge, but depending on the software you're using to edit, when you have the raw file, now you can play with every little detail of the picture. So it, it'll do raw files as well as JPEGs. Um, and it'll store, so I've got for every eight gigs on your, on your, um, card, on your memory card, it'll store about 900 pictures. So this thing came with a 64 gig card. So it's like all the pictures for the rest of my lifetime will go on one card. But I only bring this up because now that I have this. I still have this Canon AE-1 in my closet that's worth multiple times more than this. And the only reason it doesn't work is you can't get film. Mechanically, this is a beautiful, I mean, this is, this is just a genius piece of, of camera equipment. I can't give it away. I've tried. I tried to give it to uh, photography students. Just give it here. This is Boku worth of camera stuff. Top of the line, can't even give it away. Breaks my heart. I look at this thing sitting here. It's like a museum piece that nobody wants, all because of technology. So sometimes technology is great. It can drive down price. It can open up new venues for us. But sometimes it makes things that are really useful and really valuable and just kind of casts them aside. I bring that up because... um, my my mother, who's not not your basic spring chicken. I mean, I'm in my late sixties, so you can kind of guess where mom is. Mom had to have some surgery a couple of weeks ago. Um, she's been uh, convalescing, uh, getting physical therapy at a, at a local um, nursing home. What I see is a building full of Canon AE ones. 
perfectly fine people who have seemingly been discarded. It just, it breaks my heart. You know, if looking at a piece of camera equipment and thinking, what a waste, you know, how, how this wonderful thing's being just cast aside. Imagine human beings. If you, if you have a family member in a nursing home, please go see them. Please go see them. Take, make, make the effort uh, to take some time out of your life to go spend some time with these folks. Because these, these, these are not broken, castaway people. These are people who have dignity and who have use. Maybe they're, maybe they're not as useful as they once were, like my Canon, but my Canon is still a great camera. These are still good people. And too often we think, well, they're being cared for. They're being fed. Their medical needs are being met. They've got, uh, you know, they're, they're protected from the elements. They're fine. We need human contact. Everybody needs human contact. Don't, don't shove these people in a closet and forget about them, please. So here I said this was going to be a story about just my camera. And then I realized as I was getting into it, no, this is really, there's, there's more to this. So, uh, the holiday seasons is especially lonely time uh, for people who are away from friends and family. So please, please uh, make a trip if you can to uh, a friend or a family who's who's in any kind of a uh, convalescent home or assisted living, and uh, let them know you're still thinking about them, and let them know that they still have uh, value and and purpose. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're, we're at the end of our period of preparation. Christmas is right around the corner. Christ is coming, and we're preparing for that. And that's what Advent means, uh, a time of preparation. So in, uh, in biblical days, the Advent was the activity that went on prior to the arrival of a dignitary, uh, perhaps a member of royalty, or perhaps it was uh, a, a regional governor or uh, a conquering general. So before they came to your town, uh, there'd be an advent, a time of preparation. You'd clean things up. You'd prepare feasts. You'd put on fancy clothes. Uh, maybe you'd have a parade. And we see ourselves doing that same thing in preparation for, uh, for Christmas, don't we? we? We decorate our homes. We have Christmas parades. Uh, we Hopefully, we're uh, doing things in our in, internally to be prepared for the coming of Christ. And it's not just the coming of Christ at the nativity. It's also the coming of Christ at the end of time, the final judgment. We're preparing for that coming of Christ as well. And in addition to those two, we're also preparing for the coming of Christ in communion at Mass. And so we're preparing our community, our homes, and ourselves for all these events of the, these great events of the coming of this, this wonderful Savior. So in the fourth Sunday of Advent, we're wrapping up this preparation and getting ready for the nativity. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. And I, th I think this is especially telling. Isaiah, Isaiah tells us primarily about three people in, in a lot of his prophecies. He's talking about uh, the nature of Christ and the nature of Mary and the nature of John the Baptist. And we've heard all those as we've gone through our four weeks of of Advent, we've heard from Isaiah every Sunday, and he's he's always talking about giving us a, a, a foretelling of the coming of Jesus, the coming of John the Baptist, what they will do, and now we're going to hear about Mary uh, in today's reading. So the prophet writes, the Lord spoke to Ahaz 
and saying, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld or high as the sky. But Ahaz answered, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Listen, O house of David, is it not enough for you to weary people? Must you also weary my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. So this is 500 years before the coming of Christ. And Ahaz, after being pleasing to God in, in, his, in his reign, has been told by uh, Isaiah, pick anything you want, and God will show you he's real. He will show his presence to you. Name any act you want him to do, and he'll do it. And Ahaz refuses, and, and, and good for him, because we shouldn't treat God like a, uh, like a trained puppy. You know, watch what I can make him do. Or like a genie saying, do this for me and I'll believe in you. So Ahaz says, no, I'm not going to do that. I already believe in God. I don't need this proof. I don't need to tempt him. And Isaiah is pretty ticked off by this because he says, I've given you this great opportunity. God asked me to give you this opportunity. Are you really going to put him through this? Fine. Don't ask for anything. Here's what God's going to do. He's going, he's going to give you a sign on his own. And it's Mary. It's Mary. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. And so here we are a week away from, from this event. And, uh, and 500 years before then, Isaiah is telling us that it's about to come. In our second reading uh, this weekend is Paul to the Romans. And Paul writes, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised previously through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The gospel about his son descended from David according to the flesh, but established as son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness. Through resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through him we have received the grace of apostleship, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, among whom you are also, who are called to be to belong to Jesus Christ, to all the beloved of Christ of God in Rome, called to be holy, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul reminds us here is he was he was called to be an apostle of Christ, but we're all being called to be an apostle of Christ. We're all being called to be part of this of this wonderful family, uh, even the Gentiles who are outside of of the Jewish faith and were disdained by the Jewish faith. Christ Himself, a Jew, is calling them into this group as well, saying, "No, we're all going to be one through Jesus Christ." So Paul's a, a great of the not the greatest of the apostles, but sees himself not only as an apostle, but set aside from the apostles. He's different. He's, he's different in that he was called differently than the others were. And he persecuted Christians before his conversion, and he carries that guilt with him. He's constantly uh, saying, I'm not good enough for this ministry. I, I, I don't deserve what Christ has called me to. Uh, and yet he gives his own life in order to do as, as Christ asked him. And, and quite honestly, that's what Christ asks of all of us, is obedience of faith. Uh, he asks us to do uh, 
what he created us to do, which is to uh, love God and love each other. And by doing that, we enter into this fellowship that, that Paul talks about. In our gospel reading for this weekend, it's from the gospel uh, according to Matthew. And this is really, this is one of the great, probably one of the best known of the Christmas gospels. This is how the, how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention, when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. So, for me, this this one gospel answers a lot of questions that we often get asked around Christmas time about the relationship between Joseph and Mary. Were they married at the time she became uh, pregnant with Jesus? Yes. Gospel even says they were they were betrothed, but he hadn't taken her into her home. So the betrothal in those days was different than ours. Marriage was a, was a multi-step. But once you were betrothed, that was the contract. That was the covenant. And so at the betrothal, they are married. They simply haven't concluded the marriage by taking her into his home, they would have a conjugal relationship, and that would that would then f- uh, formally and finally establish uh, the marital status. But it says, you know, his first thought was when he found out she was pregnant, well, I don't want to be responsible for her death. But by Jewish law, he could have had her stoned to death. He, that could have been his choice. But he said, I really don't want to be responsible for her death, so I'll divorce her quietly. Well, if they weren't married, there would be no need for a divorce. So that little subtle line there tells us, yes, they were indeed married uh, at the time. Uh, I also like the fact that this is, can you imagine, put yourself in Mary's place or in Joseph's place. Mary, young girl, we expect that she was probably in her mid-teens at best, that would be very uh, common in those days for a, a girl to be married before she was the age of 14. After 14, that's an old maid in, in biblical times. So she was probably 13 to 14 when she became betrothed. And to find out that uh, not only had she never had a relationship with a man, but now she's pregnant and she has to explain that to her husband that he's not the father. Can you imagine saying, well, don't, don't be upset because it wasn't another guy. It was God. Well, that makes perfect sense. I'm sure Joseph said, oh, yeah, well, sure, sure. You know, I mean, if, if, you're, if, if you were uh, newly married and before your honeymoon, your bride came and said, by the way, uh, I'm pregnant. But don't worry, it wasn't another guy. It was God. And you go, huh? 
So Mary's, Mary's in a pretty tough spot. Um, she's happy. She's thrilled that she's been selected by God. She's probably joyous, uh, but with a certain amount of anxiety over the fact that she's with child. And now she has to explain it to Joseph. And Joseph is thinking, I don't want to be responsible for this girl being you know, murdered by a mob. Um, I'll just, I'll just quietly divorce her. I'll go my way. She'll go her, her way. Everything will be fine. And now, uh, just at the right time, Gabriel comes to Joseph and says, calm down. <laughs> this is okay. It really was God and explains the whole thing. And, and, uh, Joseph comes around, but this had to be just an anxious time for everybody. Imagine if you were Mary's mother. Oh my goodness. You know, what has my daughter done? And now she's babbling something about uh, she's carrying God's child. I'm sure Mary's parents uh, uh, were just thinking, what the heck is going on here? But I just, that's just my kind of ramblings as I, as I look at what's going on in the readings. Uh, thank goodness every, everybody put their trust in God. And I think that's what this fourth week is telling us about is trust. Mary put all her trust in, in God. Uh, through the words, uh, uh, through the visitation of Gabriel, and said, you know, if this is what you want of me, God, this is what I'll do. She didn't hesitate. She says, and but it does say in Scripture that this is something she thought about in her heart. And we hear that through a lot of Scripture with Mary. She's very contemplative. A lot of thing, a lot of interactions with Mary, she stops and says, well, I'm going to think about this for a while. I think it's a good idea for all of us. Uh, that as things come up in our life that we're not really sure of, number one, put your trust in God. Take it to prayer and and listen to what God uh, wants from you and what, what God's plan is for you. And be cautious about making uh, quick decisions. Take things into your heart and, and really think about them. And this is a good time of the year to do that. What's What's in store for you for next year? How are you going to grow uh, as an individual, as a Christian, uh, as, a, as, a, as a child, as a parent? Uh, what are you going to do to grow? This is a great time to really take that to prayer, take that to heart. Think about who you're going to be because the decisions you make will determine the person you become. And, and that's regardless of whatever age you are. The, the decisions you make will determine the person you will become. And the person you become is going to determine uh, your future for infinity. Infinity. Uh, you, you can end up in, in a place of great rejoicing and great beauty and, and great comfort and great love, or you can end up in a, in a place of great desolation. So... Use this this final week of preparation and not only prepare for Christ, but pre- prepare yourself for your next year. How are you going to grow? Who are you going to become? As always, it's, it's a pleasure uh, and an honor to be able to come to you through Catholic Spirit Radio. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, really enjoy the, the coming of Christ into our world, into your home, into your heart. And we'll speak again next year. Until then, this is Deacon Al. May God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Amen. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. 
Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.